Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, March 1st, 2021, so welcome to a new month, and really appreciate you listening in. A quick little highlight for the show, the uh, Believe in the Sports Law podcast is actually ranked number one in the world for Sports Law podcast, according to Feedspot, so really appreciate everybody listening in and taking their time. You know, when I first started this show, I I think uh, I really just really just did it out of, out of a, out of a passion, you know, subject matter. And I, and I've stuck to that. And at the end of the day, I just figured, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll do the show. We'll do the content and, you know, and if people like it, they'll like it. And I just figured, Hey, from a content standpoint, just focus on being good at something and being knowledgeable about something. And so it looks like, uh, thankfully to all of you, it's, it's, it's paying off, but but again, uh, appreciate you listening in, and we have a uh, very interesting and special show for you today. We are talking about the subscription diversification dilemma, and so what are we talking about when we're referring to that? Well, essentially what's happened in the sort of streaming marketplace, whether you're talking about music or whether you're talking about uh, media, you know, watching the news or what have you or whether you're talking about uh, social media, you're talking about content with regard to, you know, let's say movies or television, or if you're just talking about sports, right? It seems like more and more today, we have more places to go for content, which is good. But the bad side of that is that you end up having subscription fatigue, which is another way of saying that you have too many accounts you have to subscribe to, and it costs too much money. Now, of course, in the current market, you can have five, six, even seven different subscription accounts, and it's still going to be less than cable, the old personal cable bundle, where you had a thousand channels and you probably use 10 of them, right? Now, of course, cable has combated that by adding different bundles and by offering uh, you know, streaming options. But ultimately, it's a problem, right? Because the statistics show that most consumers are only willing to subscribe to, let's say, two, three accounts max. And it's it's a dilemma because, you know, ultimately it raises questions about what does the future hold? You know, you can't, we can't continue, these businesses can't continue to, you know, let's say put in you know, continue to put out streamers and then expect everybody just to sign up for them. And this is why a lot of the times what you end up seeing is bundles being put together or uh, you see 
uh, companies doing, um, you know, deals with mobile, um, you know, cell phone companies, you know, where you have Sprint offering, you know, Hulu for free to its, you know, to certain customers. And then you have T-Mobile offering uh, Netflix and obviously T-Mobile now owns Sprint, but you get the point. Uh, AT&T, which owns Warner Media, you know, offers HBO Max for free. Um, there was a deal that Disney, I think it was doing with Disney Plus was doing with Verizon. And these are ways to drive consumers to the platform. And frankly, it's a way to keep uh, consumers engaged and it's a way to access an existing base of people, an existing base of subscribers. So the question arises is, in, I've written an article about this as well. And the question comes about, you know, what happens when consumers push back to the subscription fragmentation in the marketplace? You know, it, it, it's, it's interesting because in this day and age, you know, everything is pretty much a paywall. You know, there was an article I read recently about ESPN Plus and all of these companies, The Athletic, um, even Sportico, uh, are looking at, um, you know, moving towards paywall services and to where, you know, you might have some free content, but ultimately it's moving towards maybe a, um, a more sort of specialized uh, paywall and you have to pay to get the, the sort of specific content, um, you know, as, as opposed to maybe uh, having it free. So, and there makes, and there's, there's some sense to that, I think from a business standpoint, and we'll get into that. Now, and of course, there's a business principle to this, and the business principle uh, you pretty much learn in business school, or you you know learn in, in the marketplace is that you know, there's an equilibrium between price, population, and demand, right? So, a business can uh, set a price that may be a little higher than is consumable for a lot of customers, but it's a fair price for a few customers, and the result is with the higher price. Um, it ends up having to be a situation where you end up having the same amount or more revenue by increasing the price or offering you know, a paywall to certain content to where you might lose subscribers, but you end up gaining in revenue because you have certain people that are willing to pay it. And of course, that comes down to how good is the content? Um, you know, What's the reputation of the platform? Do you have other deals going on? For example, um, Apple Plus, the Apple platform for their content uh, just increased uh, their um, free subscription to people for, I think, another like seven months through July, where it was only supposed to last a year if you had purchased like an Apple product, a phone or an iPad or what have you. So they just increased that. And that may just be out of, um, you know, um, sort of uh, altruism, you know, in terms of their offering it because we've gone through a pandemic, but it's also just, it could be the fact that, you know, frankly, they're looking for more subscribers. And, and of course, when you're, we're in your company like Disney, you know, and you have ABC and you have Hulu and you have all this content from Fox and Disney and the huge library uh, and existing subscribers, you know, clearly, you know, you can, um, you know, you can really get to point you know, the point that you want to get to a lot quicker. There was an article written by the Hollywood Reporter recently talking about this, where it was saying that, you know, Disney already has the amount of subscribers now currently that it took 10 years for Netflix to get. And of course, that's that whole 
sort of business principle of when you enter the marketplace, um, there's going to be some lag, right? When you're the first one to market like Netflix was with regard to streaming in terms of like the first really big player and the first um, sort of folks to offer a streaming platform that people really gravitated towards, you're going you're gonna to have that problem of being the first in market, right? You're going to have that problem of, of uh, sort of having to, um, you know, sort of uh, shovel some mud here and there, right? In the sense of you're going to have to do the hard work uh, to get to that point where Disney can come in with a large sort of library and uh, they can have more access to people in a, in a quicker matter or manner. Now, the interesting part to the paywall is that you know, in this day and age, it seems like everything is character, characterized with a plus and a paywall, right? You have Paramount Plus, ESPN Plus, Apple Plus, Disney Plus, and it just seems like everything uh, is, there's only been a few other platforms where they've changed the name, where you have like the HBO Max or you have the CBS All Access and what have you. But the, the plus has sort of been signified with a paywall, right? Now, of course, the content that we're still going to see as consumers that's going to be free is um, what you might characterize as First Amendment stuff, you know, freedom of the press, freedom of peaceful assembly, freedom of speech, anything guaranteed by the First Amendment, you're pretty much going to see as a public interest issue. And it's generally going to be free to read here um, or for the consumer to see, right? Anything specialized, again, anything with a plus on it, you know, is going to, is going to come with a paywall. And it's just something that consumers are going to have to get used to. And of course, um, you know, again, as I mentioned before, many of these streamers are relying on content platforms and services uh, to add to brand recognition, customer loyalty, and a demand uh, to keep subscribers. So it's a, it's a very interesting place for, for streamers. And, you know, we'll sort of see, um, you know, how this, how this plays, you know, plays out. So let's take a quick break for uh, our um, new show sponsor, eBay, and then we'll be right back. I want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to grab your, the pair you've been waiting for. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. It also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has unlimited selling fees on sneakers of $100 or more, making it free to sell your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today, eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. All right, so we're back. Thank you again to our sponsor, our new show sponsor, eBay. So we're talking about uh, the diversification of platforms and having to subscribe to multiple platforms to get the content you want. Now, of course, his, you know, his, historically speaking, right, you had to access different platforms to get different things, right? You needed a news channel, you needed a uh, sort of CD or a tape cassette or a vinyl or um, Napster, you know, what have you to get the music you were looking for. And streaming has really made it easier to access in general. 
So I think streaming regardless, and it's also made it, it it's, it's less expensive because, uh, because of the technology and the availability. It's, it's the old line about, you know, that the, the power of the network increases by its size, right? And so the more people you have streaming, the better it is for, um, you know, obviously for revenue, uh, but also the better it is for engagement. And this is where social media plays plays a role because the more people you have talking about a show and it's it's out there and it's public, you know, the old idea of content is king, but distribution is queen, right? This is true in streaming. It's true in social media. It's really true in every aspect of our lives these days. Anything that you put up or put out in terms of content is, um, is, um, personified it's 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 grown you know exponentially right so but again we have this problem of paywalls and um sort of how companies are are going to sort of you know change the model here and i think companies have sort of offered free content they've offered freemium content where you sort of get a glimpse of something and then you have to eventually pay for it like a discount or something um there's partnership models that have been presented. You know, we talked about the cell phone companies that have used um, sort of their existing customer base uh, to sell to, uh, let's say, a Disney Plus or something like that to get, you know, immediate subscribers to a platform, right? So you're not sitting around waiting for uh, the folks to join. And this was part of the problem with Quibi. Uh, now, Quibi did not really do money, many of these deals. They didn't partner up with the studio. Um and, and of course, now they're, they're being sold off and, and all that. So, and I think they've already been purchased, if I recall collect, uh, correctly. Um, but of course, these free and freemium models are very interesting because they introduce people to create customer loyalty. And of course, once loyalty is obtained, and it's really, let's just be honest, it's obtained with trust of good content. If a platform has a good show, you're going to go there. Um, you know, this is why... I think a lot of the uh, sort of early, you know, plus platforms, the Apple Plus, the Disney Plus, um, used you know would use licensing, particularly Netflix. Um, I think Disney had a big enough library where they didn't really have to do much licensing. They pretty much had the library to to work off of. But Netflix obviously did that you know a lot from a licensing stand licensing standpoint to bring people to their platform until they could get their originals going. And of course, with the pandemic and production being shut down for months at a time, or at least being slowed down, you had the additional problem of not having more content. And so I think, again, licensing becomes, uh, you know, something to take a look at. And then, of course, the next thing to think about is social media. You know, social media, we've talked about this on multiple occasions on this show and in other articles, and it's been talked about in the press. Will social media become the next industry to move to like a free or freemium it's already free, but will it move to a freemium or subscription-based model? You know, for example, in Australia, it was just reported that uh, there was a deal struck with Facebook and some of the other um, platforms with the news industry, particularly uh, in the sense of now those platforms are going to have to pay for news. And that's an interesting thing because I think part of it comes down to if they have to pay for it, they can, you know, maybe monitor it a little bit better or have a incentive to monitor a little bit better, but which obviously presents First Amendment issues here in the United States. Um, but then it's also an issue of, 
you know, I, I think ultimately probably news media outlets wanting to get paid for posting of that content. I think that's an interesting idea because I think at the end of the day, distribution is, is, is queen, right? She, she runs the, the, the show. And if you start limiting distribution, um, I think you create some problems because I think media may have changed in terms of, you know, print to digital, but, you know, arguably people are seeing more news now than they ever did, you know, in terms of uh, on social media platforms. So I think they'd be very careful about regulating, um, you know, news media and, and particularly on social media platforms. But again, the question has been brought up, you know, if you have these platforms, you know, and you have first amendment issues, you have account, you know, sort of suspension issues and you have monitor, you know, monitoring issues and monetate, uh, uh, monetization issues in terms of trying to, you know, turn content into money. This idea has been brought about, well, maybe we should turn social media into sort of paid platforms and you have to pay a certain amount of money to access certain, you know, fan content, right? It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And especially as these platforms like social media, Facebook or what have you, uh, and, um, Twitter would host, you know, let's say a football game, you know, streaming a football game or what have you. So I think as technology increases, there's only going to be probably more consolidation there. And, you know, of course, the ongoing dilemma is the price range and multitude of accounts, right? This is the heart of the issue and whether it creates, you know, consumer account fatigue. And it clearly does because people are not willing to pay more than, um, you know, for two or three accounts especially if they're still holding on to a cable package. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how people get used to that. Um, but I think it's important to remember that cord cutting from cable occurred in the first place because one, it was less expensive to stream. Uh, two, it was for similar and in some cases more content. So you were getting a better, better you know, value for your dollar. And uh, that it was uh, specific and searchable to users' interest. You know, I think some of the later cable boxes, you could search on it, but um, it was kind of wonky and kind of hard to find things. I think now with Alexa and with Siri, you know, you can pretty much search, search for content, you know, with, with just speaking, saying, you know, uh, search for whatever, whatever film or television show that you're looking for. I think the question going forward to this problem, to the subscription diversification problem, is the idea of bundling particularly um, bundling uh, cross accounts, you know, where you have Apple offering all these services and Apple plus and all this stuff, you know, is there going to be a situation where you might have, you know, obviously Amazon uh, prime and the fire stick and Apple TV sort of offer these consolidation things where you can access apps at any time. I think that's, that's going to be the wave of the future. I think we're going to see more of that because ultimately people are not going to be willing to pay for 15 different um, subscription platforms. And I hear this all the time from colleagues and friends and family is this idea that they're tired of subscribing to so many accounts. And when one launches, another one launches and they want to see a certain show, but they have to go to a certain platform to get it. Where cable in some sense was a little bit easier because all of your cable was on one platform. You just had to go to different channels. So I think maybe the, the wave of the future is sort of that Amazon Prime model, the Apple uh, TV model, where 
you have maybe multiple apps or quote unquote channels that you can access, but it's all on one platform. So it's a lot easier. And of course, any kind of deals you can get where you bundle, you know, Spotify has that student deal where you can get Showtime, Hulu, and Spotify premium for, I think, $4.99 a month if you're a student. I think we're going to see more of that. And we're going to see more deals being done um, with any group that you can imagine that has a large subscriber list and has access to privacy information. And then, of course, one of the dilemmas there is going to be how do you navigate that space in California and New York where you have very strict privacy laws. But again, these are things I think companies can can monitor and can navigate the waters. I think bundling is, is again, going to be a wave of the future, uh, particularly um, cross-branded accounts, uh, you know, and just ways to access accounts just a lot easier than what has normally been done in the past. Uh, and and sort of somewhat ironically, maybe going back to a cable type model, except it's not cable, it's streaming. And we'll see how prices begin to rise in that sense, you know? So uh, we live in an interesting time. There's no doubt about that. I think it would definitely, you know, makes more sense to be efficient for consumers. And I think that the long tail of the economics is just likely to show that less paywalls, even if for a higher price. So if you're charging a higher price to access more accounts, you're probably gonna get more revenue, right? And you're gonna get more people to access it. I think offering both premium accounts and the ad-based accounts, I think people will go for, because I think the folks, folks that are more cost conscientious will go for the ads, or if they like a platform, but they only like the platform for one show, maybe they don't like it for all of the shows or for multitudes of content, you're probably gonna do more of an ad-based platform, right? But I think these are all tools in, in the proverbial shed for these companies in the entertainment media sports space, whether you be an entertainment streamer like Netflix or uh, a sports streamer like CBS All Access uh, or sort of a, a, a sort of conglomerate model where you have everything in one like an Apple TV or a Fire Stick or a, a Roku. So we'll see how it goes, but um, always appreciate you listening in. Uh, again, uh, I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. This is the Believe in Sports Law podcast. Always appreciate you listening in and uh, looking forward to being back with you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.